sometimes God asks us to do things that make us really uncomfortable. <laughs> we just have to do them. Um, so that's why I'm going to pray before I start in. God, I'm grateful for your presence. I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful that you walk with us through the hard things and the easy things and all the things in between. So God, this morning I ask that you would go before my words because without you, these are just words. And at the end of the day, your presence is what matters and your presence is what changes us, not words. So God, we're open to you. Do what it is that you want to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. All right, so good morning, everyone. I'm honored again to be up here. For those of you in the room, for those of you who are online, thank you for coming. Don't turn it off. Um, um, luckily, this is like talking to family for me. Um, so I thank you for being that. The past couple of months, we've talked about examining, you know, we've looked at, at Jesus' life, who he was, the roles he had, what he embodies, and gaining a better understanding of this. We've explored Jesus, the one who makes it possible, the king, our friend, the healer, the bridegroom, sacrificing himself last week on Easter Sunday. There are so many ways that we can explore the person of Jesus. And today, we're going to look at a phrase that we hear in the church a lot, but honestly, I had to do a little bit of extra digging to really gain, gain a better understanding of what this actually means and how we can respond to it. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus, the name above all names, which is something we, it's kind of churchy, it's something we hear a lot in conversation, but I had to ask a lot of questions. So I'm gonna start with what's in a name. If you have a name, everyone has a name here? Yes? Good. Okay. We're on the right track then. If you have a name, maybe you've been told the meaning or purpose of your name. Maybe it was given to you in honor of a family member or a friend or, um, or maybe whoever named you came across it and said, this name really fits who I think God created you to be or you really look like this name. So names can be very meaningful. Names can make an impression before you even meet a person. Growing up in a smallish town in South Jersey that my parents had lived in all my life, I was Paul Hoffman's daughter or Eileen Hoffman's daughter. Today, Paul Hoffman is here on my turf, so that's my dad. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Thanks for being here. <laughs> um, this wasn't the worst thing in the world, being known as their kid, but it did make my crazier high school years a little more difficult. It was a little harder to hide. Um, but when I spent a year in Venezuela as a high school exchange student before all the political upheaval, that country was on the list of places that I was allowed to choose from um, because my dad had connections through the fishing industry. And if I had an emergency, there were people who would know me as Amanda Hoffman, Paul Hoffman's daughter. A name can carry weight. It can carry influence. It can provide safety. The coming of Jesus, God's son, was talked about long before his birth. There was an anticipation. 
Jesus had always existed as a part of the Trinity, but at a certain point in time, he came down to walk this earth for a few short years as the key to the redemption story. The prophet Isaiah told us about the coming king hundreds of years before his birth in chapter 7, verse 14, which will go up on the screen for you to follow along. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God with us. His name literally means God is with us. And God comes to earth in a human form, walks a perfect life in a broken world. No matter what was going on around him, he walked a life that demonstrated the Father's love in every encounter he had. So God with us, Jesus, Emmanuel. Then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angels visiting this freaked out Joseph because he is pledged to marry Mary, Mary, say that a few times fast, and she is pregnant. But the angel of the Lord comes and gives Joseph this news. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the Holy Spirit had made Mary pregnant, and he is to be named Jesus, which literally means the Lord saves. Again, this name carries very profound meaning. The one who comes to earth as the ultimate sacrifice for all the ways that we fall short. We need Jesus. The Lord saves to stand in the gap for us. So what does this mean, name above all names? In February, some of you may have read the, the Jesus book. It's this beautiful depiction of a handful of the names of Jesus and what he represents. It's a, it's a really good read. I hope you've read it. If you haven't, grab it because it's, it's a good one. There's so many names and titles and interpretations of the name of Jesus in the Bible, and some scholars think there's close to 200 of them. Um, but the Jesus book offers us a look at about a dozen. So we have Savior, Sufferer, Servant, Shepherd, Lover, Lord, Healer, Provider, and a few others. So he's not just one of these, but he's all of these. And he's the perfect version of each one of these. He is love. That's all he is. He is the perfect version of a servant. He is healer. Story after story in the Bible depicts this man, Jesus, who heals the blind, the sick, the lame, the brokenhearted, the dead, and he continues to heal today. He had feelings, he had relationships, he was tempted by Satan, he was ridiculed, he was hated, he was loved, and he was followed. The name of Jesus invoked so many different responses then and today. But there's nothing else that measures up to all of who he was and is. Because of the life he lived and represented, God gave him the name of all name, name above all names. He was lifted up because of his humility, because of his willingness to live among us a sacrificial life, pointing others towards God. In Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11, Paul writes a letter to the people there in that church. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, 
and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And if you do acknowledge this and make a decision to walk with Jesus, his name changes the trajectory of your life. There's nothing else that's required of you. He's already done everything that needed to be done. Jesus isn't after your behavior. He's after your heart. He desires for you to know him. And I don't mean knowing stuff about him. I mean knowing him the way we know our significant other or our kids or our parents or our best friend. A knowing that takes time and intentionality that builds trust and understanding. After Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus' followers really began to walk in the life that they had seen Jesus living throughout his ministry. And after a healing occurs with the disciples in the book of Acts, we read in, in uh, chapter 4, 10 through 12. Then let this be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no one who has ever existed who is like him or who has done the things that he has done for us. He was born for the sole purpose of living a perfect life, becoming a sacrifice for us for all our mess up and sin and shortcomings. And as if this wasn't enough, he still continues to be a rock for us today. No matter what, you can't change how much he loves you. He already loves you with a perfect love. So the name above all names. Practically speaking, what does this mean for us? I have narrowed it down to two things for this talk this morning. The first one is reverence. When we think of Jesus as the name above all names and what that truly means, do we have reverence for who he is in our worship, in our time with him, and in our conversations, and in our everyday life? Does it look the same as it does when we show our enthusiasm toward our favorite artist or influencer? I'm going to try to draw a parallel here. I want to let you in on a secret. I really admire Hugh Jackman. Anyone else? Hugh Jackman, for those of you who aren't familiar with him, this is the greatest show! Josh told me I wasn't allowed to do it, but I had to lean into it. And I know, he was Wolverine too. <laughs> He's very versatile. I watch his movies, I dance around to his music, I love his story. I think he's just great. Josh agreed to go with me to see him the last time that he was at the garden. I told him it was Wolverine the musical. He was not happy when we got there, but that's fine. We all had fun. There were thousands of excited fans engaging in his songs and performances. When you attend a conference or a sporting event for your favorite sports team, even youth sports, I'm really getting into the thick of that now with my fourth grader. We spend so much time and energy getting excited and pouring out our enthusiasm and pouring out our money for training for our kids. We get starstruck when we run into our favorite player or performer or YouTuber or blogger or whatever they're called, I don't know. <laughs> so, but if our celebration, well, people and talents and accomplishments, they should all be celebrated. They're gifts. This is not a bad thing. But if our celebration and our enthusiasm 
of Jesus, the name above all names, pales in comparison to how we respond to our favorite artist or sports team, something is terribly off balance. I believe we can become so comfortable in our Christianity that we fail to truly recognize who it is when we are sitting and talking to Jesus and praying and talking about him. When we sit with him, yes, we are sitting with a very close and personal Jesus, one who is our friend, one who walked the earth as a human being. But we are also talking about Jesus who sits at the right hand of the creator of the universe. I reflect on how often I've been on my knees, or I haven't, praising and thanking and just feeling in awe of who he is. Do we exercise the appropriate amount of adoration or reverence that is worthy of the Son of God, the eternal one who rests, who rules the heavens and the earth, the one who laid down his life and died a gruesome death and then rose again? The more I wrote this, I just wanted to sit in awe the more I felt convicted about how often I just don't do this. The less I wanted to watch my Netflix at night, the more I wanted to read and learn about who he was and just wow over the absolute beauty of the presence of Jesus. And some of us have been on this journey for a long time, too. We were raised in church through children's ministry. We learned about Jesus and the disciples on the felt board. And we went through the youth group, and we went on some missions trips, and we made it through college, and we serve in ministries, and we lead in ministries. Most of us know the stories and the books of the Bible, and we can sing the popular worship songs in our sleep. But all of these things aren't particularly reverence. We must be careful to remember the why of what we are doing and the who we are doing it for. Don't do church. Don't just recite the scripture and sing the songs. Do not get caught up in the what we are doing. While they are all good things, so caught up that we forget the why, do not let your doing overshadow your awe and the reverence. We cannot miss this. We cannot miss the perfect or the presence of Jesus. We always must seek Jesus first. The name above all names, all church names, all ministry names. If we jump back to the Bible, John the Baptist gets reverence. When he was questioned about who he is before he comes on the scene, he says, "The one he is the one who comes after me. He is the one whose straps of sandals I am not worthy to untie. Do we see him the way John sees him here? I miss this so often. I sit with my requests and my concerns. I turn on my worship music in the car, and I have my parties in the kitchen. But I forget to sit in the complete awe and honor of the name above all names. And you cannot show reverence through someone else. This is not reserved for the pastor or for the one who's speaking or the ones who are leading worship. You don't need a seminary degree or training. There's nothing you need to do to express reverence to the person of Jesus. Just showing up to church isn't reverence. That's behavior. And it's a good habit. Church has a purpose. Community is good. Hearing the word and corporate worship, they're all good things. But reverence is about your heart towards Jesus. 
And that is the most important thing. Jesus specifically tells us in Matthew 22:37 when he's asked, what is the greatest law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And I know so many of us have read through that scripture so many times, and I encourage you, go back to it again. We need to seek Jesus with a reverent heart. Second, his name changes everything. So are we living that way? We see that with every invitation, Jesus, make, Jesus makes... Sorry. We see that with every invitation Jesus makes to the disciples, that they pretty much give up everything on the spot, and they decide to follow him. I can't imagine what that must have been like, just pulling in the catch of the day, doing their normal thing. Jesus walks by and says, come follow me, and they do. They recognize that this is going to come with a really high cost, and they see that, and they walk with him for the next three years of his ministry, and they experience everything that he does and the way he lives. And after his death, they live a life on mission to point people towards the redemption story by whatever means necessary. And for the most part, they pay the price of every means necessary. By claiming the name of Jesus and only the name of Jesus, life will always have purpose and depth and adventure. We have identity. He is our rock. There is no other name that will offer us everything that Jesus has to offer. And we live a deluded faith by not allowing Jesus to permeate every aspect of our lives or by allowing other idols or other religions or other sin patterns to get in the way. Jesus says, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. There are plenty of counterfeits. But Jesus is the only name you need. When you pray to the one above it all, we can pray big prayers that require God-sized answers. We don't have to be afraid of the darkness. We don't have to be afraid of the challenges that lie before us. We can pray through the darkness and through the challenges and through all the barriers. Jesus already overcame it all. There is light and freedom and hope. A common way to pray is by making requests or ending our prayers with, in Jesus' name. We pray things in Jesus' name because we believe that Jesus is capable of anything. John 14, 13 says, I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified by the Son. We pray in Jesus' name because the being behind be, the being behind the name is all-powerful, and the power actually lives in us if we have chosen to live a life surrendered to him. This is not some faraway being or behind-the-curtain Jesus. This is a Jesus who lives in us, in our hearts, and wants to partner with us. All you have to do is ask. Now, on a side... That doesn't mean that Jesus always answers our prayers the way, the way we want them answered because he knows our hearts better than we do. <laughs> he knows our hearts behind all the filters, behind all the baggage. He knows our every need sometimes more than we do. So when we pray things in Jesus' name, we are asking for big things, but we are also asking Jesus to do whatever he needs to do. 
I think that many of us forget the depth of what that actually means and the power that we actually have access to when praying in Jesus' name. There is no power in fancy words or actions. You and I have nothing to offer ourselves that truly offers healing or change. But when we call on the name of Jesus, the person behind that name changes everything. And again, praying in Jesus' name is not just reserved for whoever's giving the talk or the prayer team or the worship team or whoever has gone to seminary or the missionaries. This is for all of us. We can all ask that because of what he did. When he died on that cross, he had your name on his heart, and he said, you can ask me for anything. The scripture doesn't say, pastors, you can ask me for anything. It says you, and that is all of you. No matter how long you've been on this journey or where you're at in your life, you don't need to pick yourself up before you ask in Jesus' name. You don't need to get it together before you ask in Jesus' name because Jesus is already there. I recently watched this um, conference online called The If Gathering, and it's hosted by this incredible woman named Jenny Allen, and her lineup is always um, just this group of so many um, inspirational speakers, men and women, who bring challenge and encouragement with their whole hearts and passion. If you haven't seen it, check it out. You won't be disappointed. You will walk away really excited. I'm not sure what the word I was looking for. Um, but one of the speakers was named Mike Todd, and he spoke on what he called kiddie pool Christianity. His challenge was that so many of us are living this life without fully pursuing Jesus because it's not in the deep end. We are not living a life that depends and is surrendered to God who is capable of anything and everything. If you can touch the bottom, you're too comfortable. Sorry. God will show up in all of his power and all his glory in ways that will blow our minds when we can't touch the bottom. I'm telling you this is the best place to be. I'm telling you from a place of complete fear being up here <laughs> that when you can rely on Jesus, it's the best place to be. It's a little uncomfortable, but he's going to do something big. So are you suffering an illness? He is healer. Are you struggling with financial problems? He is the provider. Are you experiencing loneliness or depression or anxiety? Are you unsure about your next steps? Do you feel like you have a lack of purpose? He is friend, he is shepherd, he is father. He is the beginning and the end. He is a chain breaker. He's your refuge. He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. He's never leaving us. He's the name that's above it all. Every moment, every celebration, every challenge, every barrier, every loss. There is no other name, no other way, and no other life to live than a life in relationship with Jesus Christ, the name above all names. So to close, we're going to do two things. I want us to take a couple minutes to reflect. First, I want us to sit with this moment. And we need to ask if there are other names that we're going for, for comfort, for direction, for purpose. Is it alcohol? Is it Netflix and Oreos? Have good things become idols like your job, 
your marriage, your family, which are all good things, but he is the name above it all. Are you seeking God and other religions? So I want to just make some space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. And I want you to just ask Jesus, is there anything that I'm putting above you? Is there anything that's above your name? So we're just going to sit for a minute. I want you to listen. Come, Holy Spirit. And if there is something that he's brought to your mind today, maybe it's a label. I want you to just ask him what to do with this. What are my next steps, God? And I want you to open up your hands and surrender that to him. He is the good father. Jesus is above it all. There's nothing that you can't lay at his feet. There's nothing he hasn't already taken up. Second, we talked about many of the names of Jesus. And sometimes at a certain point in life, he needs to show up in a certain way. So I want to give us a minute to just listen and ask what name it is that you need to hear today. Is it healer? Is it provider? Is it your refuge or friend? We're going to sit for one more minute. Just listen. there is a name specifically a name that a way that Jesus wants to show up for you today I want you to write it down pull out your phone throw it in your notes and then when you get home today or you have some time later on tonight look up some scriptures for that name if it's shepherd look up scriptures that reflect him as the shepherd. If it's healer, look up scriptures and just read them over and over again and experience him in a new way today, in a way that's going to touch your heart. Feel free to share them in the comments, those of you online. If there's a way that Jesus has showed up for you today.